Hey everybody, it's Andy Little here from the EM Over Easy podcast. It's August of 2017 and we are here with episode 43. We're calling your worst day, so let's get it. Hey everybody, it's Andy Lowe here from the EM Over Easy podcast, here with uh, my co-host Drew and Tanner, and we are joined today by our illustrious and good friend Jeff Comp. Jeff, how are you? Wow. I'm doing great. Thank you guys so much is for having like me here. high gloss paper? I have never been called illustrious before by Andy. That is a really nice compliment, Jeff. I feel, I feel like it's a, it's a deserving title, and that's why you've never received it. All right. You are All right. very well, shiny and bright. I'm looking forward to this conversation today. So this conversation is one that I, we've been talking about for a while, or one to have for a while. I think it's one that goes back to the roots of one of our kind of reasons why we do our show, and it's talk about things that are have to do with medicine, but not necessarily. And for our listeners, I want you to think about one thing. Do you remember the worst shift you've ever had as an emergency physician? Yeah, it was last night working with you. <laughs> Sheesh. I'm kidding. I kid. It was a great. It was a great shift. It was an absolutely great shift. So when you think about your worst shift, this is something that happened to me. Uh, just this last year, actually, uh, within my first couple months of starting as an attending, I looking back, I had had other days where you know you kind of remember days that you'll never forget as a as a provider in residency, and but this one always, this one definitely sticks out. And as I reflected on kind of this worst day, it really kind of made me think about like what makes bad days or worst days happen, and what are the particular characteristics about them. And for me, it kind of really made me reflect on what are the ways I can recover from those, and how did I recover from this particular shift. So whenever I think of us having bad days, for me it really comes down to one of three things in regards to the shift. This doesn't include a fourth one we'll talk about, but the first one is is that during your shift, did you make a critical error? So did you screw up? Because we're all human, we do make mistakes. Order entry yeah. can, can confound things. You can have two very, very similar patients and give somebody the wrong medication yep. or order the wrong test. Like when I admitted the wrong patient <laughs> because they had similar complaints in room 10 and 11 right next to each other and I presented bed 10 when it was actually bed 11 to the medicine attending and then put them on the floor and realized it was the wrong patient. Yeah. Yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, or it's you had a difficult interaction with somebody. We've all, I think we've all had this shift. We can all think about shifts like that where it's... The naked guy threatening to kill me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a bad yeah, interaction. That's a rough um, interaction. Or interactions with our staff. Even to me, the, the days that hurt more are the ones when it's people that are part of your team, whether it's a colleague. Tanner, keep home life stories out of here. <laughs> Whether it's a colleague, whether it's uh, one of your nurses or a tech or a bad interaction with um, a consultant, I can honestly say that when I work with Tanner, I'm going to have a bad conversation with a consultant. That seems to be a pretty consistent theme. I find the good out of people. Great. That's why he chooses to work with me more than you. And then the third reason is because you had to deliver some kind of life-changing news. Whether it's you had to tell somebody uh, tell somebody about a diagnosis, whether it's a new cancer diagnosis, whether you had to deliver bad news, say to a, a young mother that she's miscarrying, or you had to deliver bad news to a family member that sorry your family member has passed away, whether it right. be old or young. Those are unexpected. those are the really hard ones for me. Or if it's really a bad day, it's a combination of those three or large amounts of any of those three. Yeah, that's a bad day. If if you are running into all those situations in the same same shift, same day, then yeah. it. The storm clouds have come against you, and you're, you're caught in the middle of the torrential downpour in that situation. And it's almost like you just have to... The shift you just want to get through it, go home, curl up into a ball, and yeah. fall asleep so that you can wake up the next day and hope that it's, the sun is shining. And right. It's, it's when you wish you were playing a video game, and you could literally just do like the restart, reset. Ooh, power went out all of a sudden. I don't know what happened. You know, like, let's start over again. <laughs> just hit pause and go get like some pizza. Right. Right. 
Yeah, unfortunately, we don't we don't play a video game. But that that I wish that had happened a lot Wait, of times. Wait, I play video games every day. <laughs> well, are I, you telling me that my shift in the emergency department is not comparable to a video game? Well, it so, is, but it's not. It I spend a lot of time in front of a screen. Yep. I click a lot of buttons on a mouse and a computer. Scroll through images. I have awkward interactions correct. with people I've never met before. I There's, mean, it basically sounds like a video game to me. There's a lot. It's a lot less fun. Like a so, lot, sometimes a lot, a lot less fun. fun. True. That's true. So how do you how do you come back or how do you deal with those days when you're in them? I guess because it's easy to say we just step away, but you're in the middle of the day. How do you get through that day? Well, I think you actually nailed this. You, you step away. That's yes. that's the key. You, you have to understand if you're in a position, if you're having if you're having that bad a day, and we even talk about it after a high stress, high adrenaline scenario that you just have to you have to take that minute. And you have, you do have to reset and figuring out what that reset is for you. And so if it's a really bad day and things aren't going well, or if it's a really high adrenaline situation where you're walking out of the recess bay and now you got to get back to the other patients you have that aren't the, the critical patients. You got to take that minute. You're not ready to just go from the recess bay in that awesome situation with the save or the loss or whatever the case might be and just immediately walk into the room with somebody who's having chest pain or abdominal pain or, or whatever. Throat. And, and, and even if they are a critical patient and, and then they are super sick, if they don't need you right away, you have to find that time. And, and it's the same thing when you're having a bad day. So, you know, walk to the physician lounge and grab a soda, grab a coffee, grab a cookie, grab a, an apple or a banana, whatever the case may be, and do something to give yourself just a couple minutes to reset, clear the mechanism, like we've talked about on some other episodes yeah. before, so you can be in the right mindset. Because every single interaction you need to think about is a separate interaction. And so just because you, you duffed it on the last one doesn't mean that you have to carry that through to your next one. I agree 100%. I have actually three specific routes that I take after bad cases or things like that to help me do this. And it just kind of depends on what I'm looking for. If I'm looking for just a quick break and a mental reset, I'll just go to the physician lounge. I'll turn on ESPN or something like that. I'll drink some water, get a new coffee, freshen up or whatever. If I truly just need to get away from everybody, I actually walk out through the ambulance bay outside and just do my own thing out there. I usually go around the corner where no one can see me or wander out there, do my little thing that I need to do, decompress, think things through, process things, get emotional, whatever it is, um, and then come back in. And then the other one is um, usually if there's multiple people and I want to process things with somebody else is I'll say, hey, let's go down to the PDR and we'll go walk all the way across the hospital, get some coffee or whatever. That way you can talk with somebody else in a semi-isolated scenario and you don't have to worry about people interrupting you. The minute you go back into that doc box after a big uh, big case or, or bad outcome or something like that, is you're just going to get bombarded. Even if you have a bad conversation with a consultant, you have a bad interaction over the yeah. phone or in person, and you just try to pick up from that and walk right into another room or go right back to dictating your note or whatever the case may be, be you're, not, you're not in the right set of mind. And I think what's really unfortunate sometimes in emergency medicine is we, we, we feel like we have to be so hyper- active all the time that you can't take that minute and be like, you know what? This place is going to be okay for five minutes. And and if something crazy happens in those five minutes, somebody will come get me. Somebody will page me overhead. They'll call me on Vocera. They'll, you know, whatever your, your hospital system is, even if you're in a single covered shop, you can, you can walk away for a few minutes. You deserve the ability to walk away for a few minutes and your patient's deserve you walking away for a few minutes to reset your mind. So you can get everything back. You don't do any good to anybody else. If you are physically present somewhere, but mentally absent. Right. So my last year as an intern, I had a lot of days that were a lot of challenging conversations. I had a lot of really challenging clinical issues. And the thing that I started doing was identifying the learning point from 
the different negatives that I was coming into. So if I was having a challenging conversation, I would sort of reset and say, hey, was I just not communicating this patient's presentation well? How can I do better next time? It's the same with uh, the first other, or pardon me, the first thing that you were talking about, Andy, where, hey, was this a, a mistake? You know, what, what can I learn from this? How, how can I provide better care to a patient in the future when I come to this kind of scenario? And that's helped me a lot with some of these things. I think you brought up the point is that some of these problems uh, you, you need to try to resolve before you leave. And whether it's like a classic one is if you have a bad interaction, say, with one of your nursing staff. Like you have to be able to come back to play with them later in the month or in the week to where you need to leave at least on a little better terms, maybe not completely resolved, but at least maybe have the honest like, hey, I apologize for saying X. I think we had a bad interaction. Can we agree with that? Um, to at least kind of close it a little bit before you just before you before you let it go. And that's kind of the next step after. I mean, we, we just talked about like stepping away, clearing yourself, clearing the mechanism, whatever it is that you want to describe it as. You do that first, mm-hmm. take that step back and think about what happened. And that way when you do go and talk to that person you had an interaction with or a patient a or a consultant, you're in a much better mindset. It's, it's like the whole concept of don't write or send an email or text well, uh, when you're angry. When you're angry. Yeah. Like write it, wait for a little bit, come back to it and see if right. it still is the same message that you want to send. Right, delete a lot of the F-bombs and then... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And even if the other ones are fine, but not right. the other. The harder part is when you're talking to somebody on a phone, on the phone, yes. yeah. one of your consultants, yes. and you have that bad interaction with them. But sometimes it is useful if you know they're in the hospital to actually take five minutes and go find them. It's sometime later in your shift, and be like, "Hey, man, or hey, Doctor So and So, hey, Tanner, we had a bad interaction. Like, let's just clear the air. Like, this is not a personal thing. You know, we're we're both just trying to take care of our patients. How can we make this better going forward? And I guarantee you, if you go find somebody in person, you run them in the PDR or whatever the case may be. That's going to be a lot smoother interaction. The next time you talk to that person, it's going to be a heck of a lot better. Even if you're yeah. not on the same page with treatment and plan, yeah. recognizing that you're both people, that you're both out there for the best interest of the patient. It's just the phone can be so very impersonal. Yes. And you don't know what the other person is doing when they're calling, when they call you back. And you might be in the middle of something when you're getting that message, hey, Dr. So-and-so is on the phone. And it's just a it's, it's just a bad moment. It's a bad moment for everybody. It's also great if you're able to talk with them because unfortunately on the phone, it kind of gives people license to behave in ways that would be completely inappropriate in any other sort of normal social circumstance. So it's nice if you can reference dealing with a consultant on a previous episode. Right. So if you're able to get it out of the way, get them off the phone and talk with them face to face, I found that it's been a little bit of a different interaction. Yeah. You see it happen all the time where you have a bad interaction and people are fired up and then this consultant actually like walks into the ER and everyone kind of like stops like, ooh, Wild West Showdown. Right. Yeah. You hear that. Bow, bow, bow. Yeah, the Jets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something like that. West Side Story throwdown. And it actually Wild West showdown to West Side Story. I realize they both involve West, but I mean, these could not be more separate concepts. It's it's the idea of. I'm glad that they picked up the general concept. Really, really frustrated that they didn't pick up the actual. Right. No, I was 100 percent with you with the showdown on the dusty street with the yeah in front of the saloon, and then these guys are going into West Side Story musicals. West Side Story, you know, a bunch of dudes with knives. John Travolta snapping his finger. Right. I don't know what to say. I guess they wear uh, similarity pants with uh, bell bottoms, and we wear chaps and cowboy hats. So you have this bad day. You leave. Okay. You walk away. We've 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 all we've all walked away from these days. The drive home sucks. Um, the first time you see, I remember the, this one I had. I saw my wife, and it was hard. I mean, luckily it was a place where I had a little bit of a drive, so I could kind of leave some of it in my car, leave some of it on the drive, listen to a little bit of harder music to kind of, you know. Oh, yeah? Whatever, yeah. Okay. Um, but what do you do the next day? So let's say you got the next day off. 
you're still thinking about your patients yesterday, still thinking about that interaction. Uh, how do you how do you, how do you recoup from that? This this is not an easy answer because you you have to you have to recoup. You have to find a way to process it. And everyone's an individual in that aspect. Some people need to talk about it. Some people need to burn it off with the energy. Whatever it is, you have to learn to identify that and, and address it as soon as you can. Otherwise, it will stick with you and it will cause problems down the road. Yeah. Whether it's ruins the next shift for you, the next few shifts, the next week, whatever it is, you gotta you gotta find a way to process things. And everyone's got their own different way. Right, and I think that's I think that's the key. It's each individual person recognizing and understanding what it is that that recharges them and gets them ready for their next shift. For some people, it's their family, um, exercise other activities, reading, just completely disconnecting. Jeff, figuring what, out what do you do to process things? I, I exercise a lot. Mm-hmm. Exercises, uh, and riding my bike specifically, is a time where I can clear the head. Um, I spend a lot of time with my family, with my fiance, our dog. That brings me a lot of joy, and that really fills me back up and gets me ready for my next shift. You have to figure out why, why you're doing this in the first place and get back to that, who you are, and, and figure out what, what can I do for me when I'm home and not at the department versus what I have to do at the department. But the, the other way to process it, first of all, I would say is it, easier said than done, but just stop thinking about it. I mean, yeah. just truly stop thinking about it, right? Yeah. I mean, we've, you can sit and dwell on bad decisions, bad things, and, and we've all been in points in our life where we dwell a lot on things that we shouldn't dwell on, and, and that creates a little bit of a spiral. Again, not an easy thing to do. I don't have a magic trick. Uh, but the one thing that I often do in those situations is identify what is the teaching point. Do that self-reflection. Absolutely. How, how can next time I come across this situation, this patient encounter, this interaction, the delivering bad news, whatever the case may be, how can I do it better? Yes. Or did I totally just, you know, truly fumble? Where was it that I got mixed up and fumbled so that I can identify that, that step in my process and start a corrective action plan for myself? And then I feel once I've identified the issue and I've started to do that self-reflection and correction, then I don't dwell on the moment so much and I dwell on the fixing of the moment. And that's a much more positive thing. Yes. Thinking, you know, stinks that that happened, but the next time that situation comes up, I'm going to be that much better. I'm going to be that much better with my consultant. I'm going to be that much better with my patient. I'm going to be that much better with my my staff so that this same thing doesn't happen again. Right. And now you're making a positive out of the negative and that's the real key to the situation because you're not going to have, or hopefully we never have that, that single event in our career that really is, that happens and, and it's wash your hands and leave and you never come back. Right. There's, there's always some sort of learning opportunity. You kind of oh. yeah, hit it right on the head exactly what I do, which is I, I, I have to talk about it right away. Otherwise, I will dwell. And so I know when I go home, I'm going to have to talk about it with my wife real quick and just purge all that emotion, all the stuff that's associated with it. And then I can do that, you know, mental reset, do my break, relax, watch some TV, exercise, whatever it is, and then come back to it later and do that evaluation of the whole scenario. So I like that. I think it all comes down to, to, to steal the phrase from Rob Rogers, is you have to figure out a way to change your beauty to death ratio to where it's a little bit more towards the beauty side. Um, and that's kind of the way I've, I've approached it. And again, we talked about different various ways. Oddly enough for me, the best way I've found is playing board games with my kids. Because they think Excellent. it's the coolest thing in the world. Excellent. You know, because I'm teaching how to play something they didn't know how to play, and they're, you know, and so it's just, just find whatever it is and do it. And really, the big thing is, is that if it comes to that day, like Drew mentioned, we hope it never happens to where it's the I'm never coming back to this place. Realize that that's a really a, a time to, if you haven't gotten help, to find help. That's yeah. a dark place to be. It's a yes, dark so place very, to be. Very, very much so. To be. Yeah. Um, and you're not going to get out of it by yourself. 
And so find a group of people. I and mean, I have to say that I'm very fortunate that I've had some of those days where we have done this the next day, and it's been super helpful. Well, the, the, the point is really that you have to have that group of people in your life so that you never get to that day. Exactly. Because yeah. if you're getting to that day, that means you don't have a support group that is helping you identify yeah. when you are going down the rabbit hole of darkness and not, not able to come back. Yeah. And we've talked on previous episodes about having that board of directors and, and having that group around you that's a support group, and that has to be both at work and at home. And if you don't have it, you run a significantly higher risk of finding yourself in the situation where you just don't realize how far you've gone. Yeah. Where if you have people around you that you trust and are honest with you, that they can help pull you back. Because sometimes you don't realize how things are affecting you, how, how life is going a little bit. And, and we all have ups and downs. And it doesn't always have to be because of work. Sometimes things are going on in your social life, and your personal life, and then you have a bad day at work. And that, that can create a big spiral because now you can't go home to be in a good place, but you can't go to work to be in a good place. And where do you go? What do you do? I think it's also important to have people that are in medicine and that are not in medicine for, for your support system. Um, to be able to talk to someone that doesn't necessarily know all the intricacies of, of a case or what really happens in the ER, but is able to just say, hey, that really sounds awful. Yeah. I'm really sorry about that. Um, but then to have other people that you know you can talk to when you want to talk through a difficult, challenging case or talk through the presentation, hey, would you have gone through this differently to make sure that you have support in, in all spectrums? I, I know one of the checks for me is I know that I am in a little bit of a uh, rough spot is when my wife is talking to me about her job and I can't sympathize with her. Because my, my response wants to be, really, you think that's stressful? And it's it's relative, right? Because I couldn't do what she does. Right. And I would find her job to be incredibly stressful. And yep. yet, you know, I think I handle my job pretty well most of the time, as well as most people do. And that's a good check on me. If, if I'm like, you know what, I can't, I can't sympathize with my wife and provide her the comfort that she needs. That means I need to do some reflecting on myself yeah. and figure out why I... I don't have that capacity right now. Right. And it truly is a capacity issue because I'm dealing with something else internally that I have to process through so that I can have the capacity for her. And if I don't do that, then then our relationship's going to go downhill. And when I need her, she's not going to be there. Right. It's kind of amazing. Like, just in this whole discussion we've had, a lot of this comes back to self-reflection. And uh, I think that's something that we all need to continue to work on and get better at as, a, as you know, humanity because self-reflection is so valuable. Understanding yourself is the best way to process things and know where you need to go to get to that next step or next level or next patient, whatever it is. So kind of to, to wrap it up, how do we, how do we go forward? So we, we have our day off, we find our paradise, we increase our, increase our beauty to death ratio. How do we avoid that in the future? You can't. There's, right. there's no there, avoiding. There's, there's there no avoiding that in the future. You're always going to run into the situation. It's a process of continual self-improvement and self-reflection, for me at least. And so maybe that's that's part of the process. Instead of trying to avoid it, we just have to find better ways of coping yeah. and understanding how to address it when it does come up. Could you define opportunities for growth? Recognizing that this is something that you can get better at rather than trying to let it beat you down and cumulatively add up. Andy, thanks for bringing an awesome and somewhat difficult topic to talk about. This is something important for everybody, no matter where you are in your stage of practicing, not just emergency medicine, but medicine in general. Looking forward to the next conversation. Thanks for also making up a song on the spot. That was nice. That's what I do. I really appreciate you guys having me. As always, I always have such a good time. So there you have it, folks. Episode 43, Your Worst Day. Did you like the episode? If you did, would you mind commenting on your social media page via Twitter or Facebook, sharing it with your friends? Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and subscribe on the SoundCloud app and in the iTunes store. Until next time, guys. Until next time, guys.